this is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax of the Wrestling Brethren podcast, coming at you with the results of New Japan Dominion, which happened today, June 9th, in the year of our Lord, 2019. And Dominion is arguably New Japan's second biggest show of the year after Wrestle Kingdom. If Wrestle Kingdom is their WrestleMania, then Dominion's kind of like their SummerSlam. So a lot of big stuff happens. A lot of major stories will be resolved. Some may be getting started. And let's get to it. The first match, IWGP U.S. champion John Moxley pinned Shoto Umino with a Death Rider, which I believe is the new name for the Dirty Deeds. Umino actually kicked the match off by diving onto Moxley on the floor before the bell. And he had a missile drop kick in the ring for two count. But after that, it was pretty much all Moxley. He came back, hit the Death Rider, got the pin. After the match, Moxley took the mic and cut a promo saying he wants to be in the G1 this year, which would be very interesting. I've said for a couple months now, since we've been hearing about Dean Ambrose leaving WWE, that if he were to do something like the G1, it would be a very interesting thing to see. Now, in a move that was a little bit odd, because Moxley always seemed to come across like a heel in these last couple appearances, he actually helped Shoto Amino to the back. That, that just didn't seem like a heel move. I'm not sure if there was any story behind it. But in the next match, Shingo Takagi had a heavyweight match against Satoshi Kojima. Kojima tossed Takagi to the floor, hit a plancha. The two brawled on the floor and nearly got counted out. They fought on the apron for the obligatory big match apron bump. This time it was Kojima DDTing Takagi on the apron. Takagi battled back. They traded clotheslines. Kojima no sold a pumping bomber. Takagi hit another clothesline, only got a one count. But in the end, Takagi surprisingly was able to lift Kojima for the last of the dragon and got the pin. Now, not to be outdone by Moxley, Takagi took the mic and also declared that he wants to be in this year's G1. And it's not too unheard of for junior heavyweights to be in the G1. I believe Finn Balor, you know, then Prince Debit, had competed in the G1 when he was still the junior heavyweight champion. Now, the next match... I did not make a preview for. I don't know how I missed it on New Japan's site. I would have predicted the heels to win, but this was Jushin Thunder Liger and Yoshihashi beating the Suzuki Gun twosome of Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Hashi pinned Sabre with Karma, and the heels attacked before the match because that's what heels do. Yoshi took the brunt of the assault, got worked over when the match got back in the ring. Both heels tauntingly kicked him. Yoshihashi kicked out of a penalty kick, and when he did so, even Liger kind of ran in and stomped on him like a wake-up call, like, hey, you know, tag me. Liger finally got the tag, went toe-to-toe with Suzuki, ended in a double-down. Yoshi and Saber respectfully tagged in, and for a time, the heels had both baby faces and submission holds, but Yoshihashi managed to break three, hit Karma on Saber, and got the upset win. I would assume this means Yoshihashi might be getting a title shot against Zack Sabre's Revolution Pro Championship. We had Tomo Ishii pinning never openweight champion Taichi with the Brain Buster to win the title. This makes a new record, five title reigns. Taichi kept stalling on the floor to the point where Ishii laid down in the ring and like beckoned him to come in. Taichi did so and stomped Ishii a few times to no response. And then when Taichi went for a pin, Ishii roared to life, started fighting. They extended Dueling strikes, which Takagi, or I'm sorry, uh, Taichi finally won. Taichi controlled the match for the next few minutes. Ishii started his comeback. 
They exchanged clotheslines. Taichi used a stretch plume. Ishii did not submit, escaped. Ishii kicked out of a last ride powerbomb and hit a sliding lariat for a two count, then finished off Taichi with the brainbuster. The IWGP Tag Team Champions of the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa, they beat Evil and Sonata of Los Ingobernables de Japon. Tonga pinned Evil with a roll-up. A lot of trash talking in the beginning, before the match picked up. Sonata put Loa in the Paradise Lock and hit planches on both Tonga and Jado. Evil got Tonga in a Sasoigatami, that's the sharpshooter slash Scorpion Deathlock. Loa made the save. LIJ signaled for the Magic Killer. Again, Loa made the save. Sonata put Loa in a skull end while Evil reapplied the sharpshooter to Tonga. Right before Tonga tapped out, Jado yanked the referee out of the ring, hit Evil with his Shanai. Bushi ran into the save, and he Bushi wasn't even actually on the card, so he just ran out. But he took care of Jado. However, Tonga still managed to escape the Magic Killer and rolled up Evil, had a handful of tights that the referee did not see, and got the underhanded victory. So the tag team champions retained their titles. Katsuyori Shibata's music played, which was definitely a surprise to the crowd. He came out, motioned to the stage where Kenta, the former Hideo Itami, came out making his return. Kenta then took the mic and said that he wanted to prove himself again in the G1. So we have potentially three G1 entries here in one night with John Moxley, Shingo Takagi, and now Kenta. Will Ospreay and the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Dragon Lee. This was the expected barn burner of a match. The two shook hands before the bell. Osprey was in control for the first few minutes. Dragon hit an insane suicide dive that knocked Osprey all the way across the announce table. Somebody's really got to make a gif of that. Osprey responded by hitting a Phoenix Splash to the outside. Back in the ring, Dragon reversed a Stormbreaker into a DDT, while Osprey reversed a Desnucadora into a Stunner. A lot of exchange strikes and reversals. Dragon tried to Hurricane Rana Osprey to the floor, only for Osprey to land on his feet. Lee tried another Hurricane Rana, but Osprey turned it into a power bomb on the apron for the obligatory big match apron bump. Lee kicked out of a shooting star. Osprey went for the pin again with, a, with another move, but Lee met him on the top rope, managed to put Osprey in the tw- tree of woe with a foot stomp. Osprey barely made it back to the ring at 19. Lee followed up with a Canadian destroyer and a knee strike. Osprey kicked out and escaped another Desnucadora attempt. Osprey hit an Ozcutter off the middle rope and then immediately turned that into a Stormbreaker and got the pin to win his third IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. That was a heck of a match. I know I couldn't do it justice. But after the match, two men hugged, and Lee actually strapped the belt on the new, the new champion. And Now, that's a baby face, ladies and gentlemen. Not only does he accept defeat like a man, he puts the championship belt on the new champion. Another great match, Tetsuya Naito and the Intercontinental Champion Kota Ibushi. Lots of heat for Naito early on. The opening minutes saw Naito repeatedly stop and taunt Ibushi. Naito hit a back suplex on the apron for the obligatory big match apron bump. Ibushi's head smacked against the apron as he went to the floor. It was very scary looking. Ibushi still beat the count into the ring. Naito placed him on the turnbuckles for a top rope reverse Hurricane Rana for a near fall. Naito went for the kill with Destino. Ibushi returned it into a tombstone pile driver for a double down. And when Ibushi made it to his feet, he and Naito traded strikes. Ibushi started making his comeback, leveled Naito with a spinning clothesline. Naito dodged a running knee strike and hit a dragon suplex. Then hit a destino only for Ibushi to kick out. 
Naito went for another Destino. This time, Ibushi caught him, hit a GTS, followed up with a last ride powerbomb for another two count. Naito countered a Kamigoye with a DDT. Ibushi kicked out of a second DDT, an inverted tornado DDT. And then again, Naito went for the Destino. Ibushi caught him. Naito turned that into another reverse Hurricane Rana and finally was able to hit the Destino and pin Ibushi for the win. Naito is now a, I believe, four-time Intercontinental Champion. That brings us to the main event, IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada against Chris Jericho. The two locked up, and when Okada did his trademark clean rope break, Jericho immediately summoned him in the eye, took the match to the floor, he DDT'd Okada on a table, got him back in the ring, continued the assault, at the 10-minute mark, because the first 10 minutes were pretty much all Jericho, Okada hit a flapjack, started his comeback. Back on the floor, Okada tried a cross-body block that Jericho reversed into a code breaker on the floor. Back in the ring, Jericho applied the Boston Crab walls to Jericho. Okada made the rope break. The two went back and forth for the next several minutes, neither one getting a clear advantage. Just a lot of big moves. Very exciting. Jericho was getting increasingly frustrated, and then he removed the turnbuckle pad. He tried to drop Okada on the exposed turnbuckle, snake eye style. Okada escaped, reversed that into a German suplex, got a two count with his own code breaker. Okada used the code breaker on Jericho. At the 25 minute mark, Okada escaped another lion tamer. Jericho tried to reverse into a rainmaker and tried to roll up Okada, but Okada simply sat down, blocked it, hooked the legs, and got the surprise pin. A little bit of an anticlimactic pin for a big match finish. But I can also see that maybe they're trying to protect Jericho, where he doesn't get beaten by a finisher. Just my thought, just by, by watching this. But almost immediately after the match, Jericho beat down Okada, wrapped a chair around Okada's neck, smashed him against the ring post, was going to continue the beat down when Hiroshi Tanahashi, who was doing commentary, jumped in and made the save, chased Jericho away. Jericho took the mic and taunted Tanahashi, so it looks like we're going to be getting that Tanahashi-Jericho match soon, because I know Jericho's wanted a match with Tanahashi since he started working in New Japan. So that is Dominion. Very good wrestling show, very strong finish, as is customary with a lot of New Japan big shows. Uh, Apparently there's been a lot of people that have signed up since John Moxley joined them. That, of course, is a good thing. I think Moxley's a good addition to the roster, even if he's only around for a couple months. I I'm fairly certain that once AEW picks up in the fall with regular TV, they're probably not going to be doing as much New Japan. So this has been the Wrestling Brethren Podcast. My name is Seth. We are at TWBpodcast.com for the Wrestling Brethren. TWBP Show for the Wrestling Brethren Podcast Show. That's our Twitter handle. And the website and Facebook is BehindTheSquaredCircle.com. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Let us know what we're doing. Let us know what we can do better. We'll talk to you folks again next time. And I believe the next New Japan event is going to be Kazuna Road. That's probably where we're going to get the Jericho-Tanahashi match. I look forward to that match and talking about it with you folks. Have a great night. Wrestling Brethren are not sponsored or endorsed by any products, shows, or services unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the hosts of the Wrestling Brethren are purely their own and do not represent the views of any guests, websites, sponsors, or affiliates. Some media used on the Wrestling Brethren podcast is the copyright of its respective owners, all rights reserved.